Welcome, everybody, to People of Efrat, where we all get to learn more about this great community and the people that make it tick. Hey, Jessica. Hershey. Good morning. Welcome back to the street. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> it's nice. Things have changed a little since yes, you were little since bit. you were here, and uh, we have a celebrity guest dog running around hey, here. Nala. What's up, Nala? There she is. Dogs of Efrat. Dogs of Efrat. That could be your next. Your or at next, least an Instagram uh, account. Yes, you know? for sure. Yeah, I went, I went to L.A. Uh, to visit my family a couple years ago, and um, we had just gotten Nala. And I remember seeing um, some woman in a store with a dog that looked similar. And I said, oh, I have a golden. She goes, well, do you have her card for Instagram? And I was like, I am not in Efrat right now. I'm back. I am back in L.A. when that's the dogs really have the Instagram accounts. Oh, that's so, great. yeah. Oh, crazy great. um i'm gonna lead in with something i'm just sure. gonna talk a little bit and then i'm gonna ask you how you how you feel about this okay okay bring it on september 25th 2013 when i sit in our sukkah this year uh. and this is very apropos <laughs> because this is okay hershey's done sukkah. his homework this is, this is your it is here. it's my new sukkah yeah. yeah wow when i you know what this is yeah i do um I do. when i sit in our sukkah this year i can't help but wonder about what our sukkah and more, and our more permanent home, for that matter, will look like next year. I know the ocean air will be replaced with the breezes and perhaps even rain of the Judean hills. In this year of three-day Yom Tovim and all the cooking that has entailed, I can't wait to embrace the new one-day holidays of our future. But in the sukkah, I begin the mental triage that will <laughs> inevitably take place in our California home in the coming months. Which items to get to make Aliyah with us and which will be left behind. For now, the handmade decorations, the photographs, and the posters will make the cut. Imagine our beautiful collection of garden lights will not, as they are cursed with being the wrong voltage. <laughs> I love <Sure>. your writing. <laughs> we will leave the walls and schach to shelter another local family celebrations in the future. Before Sukkot began, I read former Chief Rabbi Jonathan Sachs' weekly message, where he dubbed Sukkot the Festival of Insecurity. It's a time that the Jewish people leave our stable homes for the uncertainty of life in the ramshackle structures excuse me, as a means to say to Hashem that we know our safety, our livelihood, and our blessings are in His hands. I can't help but be struck with how apt the festival of insecurity description is for us now. So much promise to be different for us by our next, so much promises to be different for us by our next Sukkot. We know we are giving up what is on its surface, a more secure life, a great community, my husband's strong and enjoyable job, a beautiful home, for what would appear to be admittedly shakier existence. In addition to not knowing what our sukkah or our house or schools will look like a year from now, the peace talks currently taking place add an air of unpredictability to what our homeland will be like by the time we get there. I wake up nights worrying about my children, how they will fare in a new culture and with a new language. I'm going to stop there. It's, it's a much longer article. And, <laughs> wow. And, and I'm, a blast from the past, Tershi. <laughs> wow. It's good I have a mask. If I want to cry a little bit, I can just, you know, I can pull it up. <laughs> wow. These are like the, you know, I, I didn't, I don't think I, I, I read this because I wanted to more hit on what is, what does this mean to you now? Like, yeah. Yeah. This was 2013. So it's actually, um, that was, I think, my first blog post for the Times of Israel. That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd always thought, 
you know, ever since I was a little girl, I'm like, inside, I'm a writer. I want to be a writer. Right. And, um, you know, having babies over the years and being busy and uh, a lot of community stuff. Uh, you know, I'd been a lawyer a long time ago. Um, I just, you know, I, it was hard to find time, as it still is, to sit down and write. And then when we decided to make Aliyah, you know, that that triggered that in me. I mean, I'd written articles here and there over over the years, one here, then a year later, something there. Um, and just hearing that now, it's kind of crazy because like you said, we're sitting in my, my new sukkah, That's right. um, which just happened to work out because it's a sort of a rainy, cold day. Like Sukkot was like yesterday and also yes, like a year ago. Also. It does, right. And also this sukkah, Sukkot was different than all other Israel sure. sukkah. Um, and um, and here it is, like, you know, not to get into the politics, but like, it's actually, we're waiting for election results in America. And I referenced that, right. um, you know, all the things that I worried about, some of those things have come true. And um, I'm proud of the fact that my family has had the resilience to to cope with those things, sure. um, whether it's, you know, sending a kid to the, to the army, um, you know, losing neighbors to terrorism, worrying about that. Um, and now, of course, the whole world politically is different from where it was at, sure. um, especially like with our recent peace deals with uh, some some of our, our Arab cousins. Right. Um, so it, it's very interesting to look to, to, for me to look back at that, um, how far our family has come with what we've been through, um, you know, how hard it was and what I didn't know how hard it would be then. And I'm kind of glad in a certain way because, you know, that could just scare you off from coming because that life was the easy choice. Right. Um, I could have stayed and I could have been, you know, I don't know, say complacent or, um, you know, just said, I'm good. And, and I was good. And, and, you know, in our American life, we had a lot to contribute to American society, to our Jewish community there. Um, but thank God, you know, um, Hashem had a different plan. Um, and I take some credit in the sense that like, you know, he presented opportunities to us and we had to say yes. Right. And I think that's something that, that, um, I hope, I hope more of my fellow, um, Jewish Americans will do, um, because our life here is so, so rich. It's fun. It's meaningful. Um, and we're building something, you know, that, uh, I feel in a whole different way than what I was doing there. I'm grateful for the, that, that life. Yeah. Um, and it was really scary to, to do that move. Um, and, um, move to well, yes, <laughs> um, it was scary to put up my first blog. Like I, whenever I write something, I'm like, no one's going to read it, but okay. And then do, you know, do me, my husband's always, just publish it, put it out there. Um, and uh, now as time goes on, and I, it's, it's gratifying to see that people read things that I write and it resonates with them. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel in Israel, it seems like everybody reinvents themselves, you know, some somehow, somewhat. Um, are, are, it's a different life here. Um, and I think that's very actually liberating and exciting. Um, and, uh, and now I could say I'm a writer, you know, um, and that's part of me, my my you know, American Israeli uh, self that I that I I think I, f I find Israel and Efrat is amused, you know, amused to me and inspires me the life that we have here. So were you well, beautiful? <laughs> were, you, were you always a writer? Like, did you write before this? Is so there, where's the stuff that hasn't been published? Right, right. Well, well. <laughs> That's that's a different question. Um, like I said, I always, I you know, growing up, like in school, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would, I probably always have said like, oh, a writer. Um, life veered off, and I sorry, and I went to, uh, you know, I went to law school. I practiced law for a few years. Sure. Um, and when we got married, I I didn't. I I decided to 
to, you know, do the full-time mom thing, which is really full-time mom, full-time volunteer, you know, thing, um, in a community that, that needed a lot of infrastructure being built, Jewish community, um, and, uh, and that was busy. Yeah. And, um, and I always, I always wanted, you know, like to, like I said, there's things always in my head, like, oh, here's an idea or a phrase or something that's in my, in my head. Sorry for the dog barking. No, it's um, that's real. Sounds. That's real. Um, and, um, and then I, th- oh, I'm trying to think of what it was. Oh, there was a fire in San Diego. Right. Um, and, uh, I decided to write about it, about the experience of, gosh, I think Dahlia, my, my middle child, who is just about to turn 17 was an infant. So, okay. If that tells you there were, there were wildfires um, and we had to be, you know, on that sort of guard of like, well, if you have to leave your house in moments, you know, like what would we take with us? What would we right. grab? And that sort of idea of, um, you know, sifting through what's important to you, you know, physically, but also emotionally, like what are the things that, that you don't want to lose? Right. Um, and so I wrote a piece about that and I, I, on a whim, I sent it to like H.com, I think, and they published it and it got picked up by the Jewish Journal in LA. And that was my first foray, like as an, as an adult, you know, sure. into, into writing. Um, and then after that, um, so this was kind of a, a crazy fun, you know, fun thing. Um, my my husband Duvi and um, his friend his Hevra Duvi's the man, Duvi's the man. Duvi's he is the he is he's my he's my hero um, he um, he and his friends had this have this thing that um, his friend Duty when when they were in college was sitting next to a girl in a college class and, and the girl didn't look Jewish okay. and so she said to Duty this class is as boring as my Zadie Seder. Like she wanted to tell him that she was Jewish, but she didn't want to say, hi, I know you're Jewish because you're wearing kippa, but I'm Jewish too. So she wanted to like out herself as a Jew. So Dodi came up with this thing of like, oh, she bageled me, you know? And this was like a thing with the Hevra that they would talk about. And one day I said to Duvi, you know, like, I think that's a great thing. I want to write about it. I want to flesh that idea out that we have this need, you know, to to out ourselves to our fellow Jews when they can't tell we're Jewish, but we know someone else is Jewish. Sort of incognito. Um, And um, and so I I said to Dodi, you know, Doobie's friend, can I, you know, can I do that? And um, so I wrote a piece about that, you know, called The Bagel Theory. Um, and Wait, um, can I find that one? I never. That's on that h.com. Oh, but so here's the crazy thing. So so I write this piece about it, and it's basically it's a very it's a very cute piece about experiences that we had, where because you know we might you know Duvi wears a kippa, even even back in you know American days we were identifiably Jewish as a sure. family, and people would come up to us and like at the beach you'd have a little girl come over on like a, a Wednesday and say Shabbat Shalom and run away like you know just. People have this need to, to you know, to, yeah. to share their Jewishness with other people. Um, and that piece, you know, it was before the, the, the current, it was, I think, in probably 2007. So it was a while ago. Um, but it went viral in its way. And even after I made Aliyah, so in the last few years, I get it forwarded to me without my name on it. But that piece, wow. it got in all these blogs. I even got sort of plagiarized by a, like... A, a really? ra- yeah, that's how you know. You've a made a it. rabbi put it in his Rosh Hashanah bulletin oh, wow. and wrote about experiences that happened to me as if they happened to him. That was weird, um, but I guess, like you said, imitation is the like you know sincerest form of flattery. So, so that was that, and that's that was that was a cool thing. Um, and then you know here and there, and, and and then once once Aliyah came, like I said, that's really where I think a shift came to me. Um, you know, in my 20s, did I write poetry sometimes? Yes. I've written a couple children's books. Those are the things that I, you know, haven't pursued that my kids are saying, you have to publish those, mom. So yeah. hopefully one day I'll, you know, get my act together and do yes, that. Yes, please. Um, I'd love to see it. And, um, you know, 
and now now just you know the blogging uh, and I'm running a little bit of uh, you know freelancing for the Jerusalem Post magazine and right. and I I've had some that. success with my with my poetry which is really nice because that's yeah. like where my heart you know my heart is where I feel right. like I can paint you know with words you know a picture um, and uh, again always thinking that no one else is going to read it but I guess sometimes I mean, sometimes they do and it's it's um it's really it's really nice. Just reading that article, I you're you're the you have wonderful writing. Thank you. And it's very, Thank you very much. Very like, I'm learning to take compliments, you know. I think especially I think women sometimes we don't know how to like take right. a compliment. But I'm saying, "Yes. Okay. Thank you, Hershey." Well, so, thank you, you. I mean, really I and appreciate it, and it. It, it. Like a regular article like this or the poetry, all of it is very inspiring and so descriptive. I, I feel like you're Thank this, you. You, like, have good descriptive uh, right. Like I said, I think I think making Aliyah, that, that challenge, it was a way for me to channel some of my fears um, and and hopes and, you know, document that, that journey for my, you know, for myself and for my children right. for the future. So I figured at the very least I'll have it as a way to, to capture that time in, in my life, which is an unforgettable, um, challenging and amazing experience, you know, that whole idea. Um, little did I know when I wrote that article that, um, you know, this was, I guess, what you said, September, something like, you know, yeah. holidays, um, yeah. that by the time we would come in, um, in July, that but really like before that that you know the three boys would be would be kidnapped um, and wa- and then we you know we spent our uh, a month driving across America mm-hmm. um, as our farewell trip to America right. that was glorious yeah. um, really I'm so glad we had that that opportunity to do that and, and go to the national parks and you know 18 states across America especially today on a post election day see, oh, seeing what a beautiful country I was leaving um, a beautiful country that you know yeah. took in my grandparents after the holiday. Holocaust yeah, I hope and my word what? Here. Yeah. we fell in love with it all over again and for the first time right I mean that thank that you beautiful. so so that you know I I I, I can't remember which specific because I wrote a few pieces blogging about that trip yeah. um, I think one time I literally was sitting on the floor of a, of a motel that smelled like like Indian food and cigarette smoke um, and my family was sleeping but I was trying to to write something like so I'm sitting with my phone like writing that blog post and trying to post it um, in the middle of, I think that was maybe like Utah or who knows what. Um, and, um, you know, just that whole idea like that, that, you know, there was this America that I, that I loved and was grateful for and, 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 and proud to be a part of. Um, and I hadn't done a lot of those, you know, national parks and right. stuff like that. So having that opportunity to, to see parts of it I hadn't seen. Sure. Um, also seeing family and friends and saying, you know, Lehitraot to them. Um, and in the meantime, you know, there was this whole, um, you know, undercurrent of, of trauma and stress going on here right. that, you know, could have made us say, forget it. We're right. not coming right yeah, now. Yeah. Like, we you know, a war was breaking out, um, you know, seen anything like right. this yet. We and know what Aliyah exactly. is like, you know, in a regular situation. Right. Right. And, or, or like, let's just wait, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, my Doobie's job was like, you know, anytime you want to come back, you know, like we could have, wow. we could have backed out. And it was amazing because, you know, we, we really wanted to go on the charter flight. We wanted that experience. We had, we were coming with kids who were a little bit older. Right. And I, it was really important for, like for us. Yeah. It. yeah. It was really important for us to be able to, 
um, to share with them why we were doing this and how special it was for Am Yisrael. Mm-hmm. And I feel like going on that flight, even though it's like, you know, it's sometimes it's a little more challenging because of bureaucracy and we were coming from California and the charter flights from New York as opposed to just going from LA. Um, we wanted that like big hurrah and that big welcome home and letting them have that special thing, you know, because I'm sure I'm not the only one who, when you watch those Nefesh Benefesh videos, like before you make Aliyah, like you're a puddle, it's, you know, you're verklempt, you know, forget about it. And um, so, so I wanted that experience for them. Um, And then as we're driving and seeing like, you know, the, you know, the three boys, um, you know, being found and then a war breaking out and the day before our flight's supposed to happen, getting our tech guests canceled at the airport. That like just, that broke me a little bit because I felt like, well, at least we're going to show Hamas by having this big party and you know, no one's going to take that away from us except it was taken, you know. Um, but, you know, so that was really hard and um, and then have to talk to the kids about like, let's talk about rockets and, and running to a, you know, running to a shelter. Sure. Things that you just don't, you, you want to get used to living somewhere before you have to, you right. know, show the warts and all. Um, but um, but here we are, you know, over, over six years later into our seventh year here. And, you know, having, I have, I have, uh, I, now we've a married son here um, and three teenage daughters and, uh, and our little one is in sixth grade. And it's funny, I was, I was reflecting on the idea of like when they speak Hebrew, it was so hard to get to that point where they could be fluent. It wasn't like, oh, you know, yeah, oh, you'll be fluent by Hanukkah. I'm like, like? I mean, fluent they... in four years from now. I think it's like a really a disservice when you tell people like, oh, it's going to be so easy because right. for some kids it is. But, right. you know, it all depends on their aptitude. It depends on where you live. It depends what on your parents. Level. Beforehand? Were so they, they weren't in. Well, were... so they weren't. We weren't. You know, we had them in Jewish day school, a wonderful school. Um, but the emphasis wasn't with the Hebrew, it like, was on midot. Yeah. And looking back, like I'd rather my kids have good midot coming in than good Hebrew. Sure. Um, but good Hebrew would have helped also. Right. Um, and that was really hard. I think we just sort of, everyone just says like, oh, they'll just pick it up. And then, you know, it took a long time and different right. for each kid and each kid needs its own, you know, his or her own help. Um, and so that, you know, that was a challenge. But now it's like, I hear them speak and I say, I, I remember how hard it was to get here, but it still feels like it's a miracle to me. You know, like when I hear them, I have so much pride mm-hmm. in their in their accents and the way that, they, the way that they've done it. And I, it just represents to me this metamorphosis that Olim kids go through where like, you know, you, you, you have kids in America, you give birth, you, you raise them and they're like these American kids and you expect it to be like one thing. And now you've totally changed their destiny, which of course... I feel was always their destiny, but I didn't know it, you know. Um, and there are these, uh, you know, they've evolved into different people than they would have sort been. Of set on a new sort path. of set on a new path, and they're and they're becoming who they're supposed to be. Um, and uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, when we had decided to make Aliyah, we didn't tell everybody right away. It was like stages and who we told and, um, you know, for different reasons. And, um, you know, I went to an, uh, an educator at my kid's school who's a, a lovely person. Um, just before I was telling everybody, just to give a heads up, like, this is something that's going to happen, you know, because we, we had a year to plan. Um, and I wanted that the educator to know that my kids were going to be going through something major before it, like, you know. Mm-hmm. was publicized and um the mindset was well did you ask did you ask a shyla if you're allowed to make aliyah because that's like a certain you know certain sure. people that's a philosophy certain people have sure. and i was like i was kind of caught off guard because I, mean, I was like ask a shyla they do anything. and i'm not i'm not yeah. criticizing that but yeah. for me right. i was like Wait a minute. well i don't ask a shyla 
to do any mitzvah. Right. Like before that, I'm actually doing the mitzvah. I was like, kind of like, whoa, you know. Um, and um, but I think I think my point of bringing that up was that you know that that certain people think of that because when you come with older kids, yeah. there is a danger there. Like you sure. don't, but there's a danger danger. Like in any life, like you don't know how they'll turn out in America, and you don't know how they're going to turn out here. You know, religious, not religious, more religious, environment, environment yeah. everything. It's not like when right. you move to Israel, automatically everyone's you know, more religious, stays religious. It's not, right. that's not how it is, right. but it's not how it is there either. That's correct. You know, um, and, um, you know, I, I, I feel like the and values, it's not like yeah. you had kids that age beforehand, meaning right. you're right. going through all this for the first time in your life with every situation. With every situation. We came right, because right. our oldest was going so to yeshiva. Right. Like he came and gave up his senior year of high school to finish a year early, which right. was like really amazing of him because he felt like this was where we needed to be. So I was like, There was no, no. practice run. There's no practice There's no run. Way to know. No, I mean, you know, my brother had made Aliyah the year before us yeah. and it was kind of a crazy story, but he's in Efrat too. Wow. So, and you know, he was on the East Coast and we were in California. So it was really amazing now, like that we have family, um, family here. But at the time, you know, like, he had he just was one year ahead of us. It wasn't like he right. had you know, his kids are like right. around the same age as my kids, just a little a little younger. 20, he came in twenty thirteen, cool. um, so like a little less than a year before us. Um, but they were still adjusting, and right. then we're you know, um, and then the amazing thing is two years after us, Duvi's brother came, um, and with his family, with with now now uh, most of his kids live live here, um, and now Duvi's parents are here too. So, so that is like. A nace because my father-in-law and mother-in-law both lived uh, in Israel, like when they were fleeing Romania um, from World War II, and one of their stops was here. And they didn't stay; they both emigrated to Canada and um, and really raised a Canadian family. Um, but have Hakarat Atov to like the fact that the Medina took them in the fledgling Medina. You're talking about the early 50s, right. and my father-in-law was a chayal here um, in the Sinai campaign. And then fast forward years later, and their world gets upended when two of their three kids hmm. make Aliyah. Um, and to see them, my father-in-law, thank God, um, just turned 90 over uh, over the Chagim. Um, wow. And cool. here we are in a really challenging situation with the pandemic, which we haven't really even, you know, touched on. Um, and to what be pandemic? able to... What are you talking what? about? What? What are you talking about? Um, and to be able to be like, because we lived in California and they were in Montreal. So we right. saw them like once a year, twice a year for a week here, a week there. And now like we're the kids that live closest to them and wow. we get to like, you know, be there for them and, and with them, you know, now less than we would like. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a real challenge that we're facing now yeah. and how to how to be with ones we love if, uh, and, and not put them in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but but still like just having that ability to have them, you know, have them here near us. Um, and, uh, and we have more family members in the pipeline. So that, you just don't know, amazing. like the, the cycle that you start, like with, you know, my, yeah. my brother was actually going to move somewhere else, not to Efrat. And then before he was coming, like he was still finding a place. We decided to make Aliyah and said, we're going to move to Efrat. At least we'll both be in Israel. Mm-hmm. And through a whole series of like crazy events, like he ended up moving here too. So it's uh it's great especially in you know corona times that we can you know we can be you know together even just like on seeing each other on the patio and picking something up from each other or my washer just broke and i can do laundry i gotta tell you just gives me so much hope (laughs) i'm one of eight children yeah and i speak to my siblings and my family members hershey's family yeah and it's the most beautiful thing when i see families get to 
get back together here. It's it's you know I when I when I say you know shmonesre and the davening of like um, you know to say kibbutz you know me arba kanfota aretz coming from the four corners of the earth yeah. and I think about the fact that like I, I really did not imagine that we would have any parents you know here here with us right. um, and each have a sibling it's here. Like a complicated thing to move when you're older. It it's it really is. Yeah. I mean you know I say to all the people coming with little kids before they are entrenched in their lives in America and and can pick up the language with ease like smart you know right. i mean i feel on the other hand like we came when it was our time to come sure. i describe it sometimes not to sound too hokey but like i felt like we were sort of like tapped on the shoulder like it's your turn mm-hmm. um and I, it, I, it I just sort of to that actually there it, you know i i think other olim some yeah. some you know are more practical about it yeah. but some of us have that phenomenon and i feel like that also about ending up in a frat um, because, you know, I, I, my, you know, Dovi and I both were in Bnei Kiva and in theory, Jews, we always felt like Jews should live in Israel. But like, like I said, we had a very, you know, we had a set life in America and it wasn't so simple to say, I'm going to walk away and also family there. I mean, we all have to like Yehuda Vishomron and use that where, you know, sometimes my, I don't think I could or I, I couldn't evers are the things that I end up doing. So there you go. Um, and I think that's a good, you know, life thing for my kids to see about like, just, you know. Sometimes you gotta see where life takes you, right. um, and what feels what feels right. Um, and uh, you know, over the year, we, we 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 came a couple times. Like I had, I hadn't been to Israel since I was fifteen, um, like uh, for nineteen years. Then we came for a nephew's bar mitzvah, and I remember Duvi and I was the first time like we came as a married couple, and the first time I was back, you know, as an as an adult. Um, I had only been that one time on machach ba'aret, and then um, you know, coming and. And um, we got off the plane and we saw like the Bruchim Habayim sign, just like right when you get off the the, the jetway. And um, Duvin and I looked at each other and we nodded. And it was a certain nod, you know, and like this, you know, we could maybe do this someday. And that like sparked the the idea, but still other complications, other things, you know, um, it, like just life. Um, and that was in 2000 and 2000 and uh Nine, no, maybe 2007 also. Oh, wow. So that was a long time ago. And I feel like uh, there, there's something to that when you come visit. It, the, I, I've gone through those periods too where I hadn't visited in a while. Right. And then when right. you come here, there's sort of like a, familiar, a familiarity. Yes. Say that word for me, please. F- familiarity. So there is a familiarity. Like yeah, you, you are like you. You sort of you sort of like just feel that, and you're like, oh, okay, I get this. This is this is something that I mean. I feel like for many people, this is something that they that that they see when they come visit. If you don't come visit often, you really forget that. Right, and so like for me, you know, I didn't really know I, I loved it when I came as a teenager. I fell in love, and I'm like, I'm gonna live here someday. Right, you know, and then. 19 years passed by um, and not because I didn't care about Israel but Life. you know and also like expensive coming for, and then sure. babies and, and you know law school and all, all these other things um, and uh, you know it just got away from me um, and then the opportunity came and we came just with our with our oldest son at that time um, and thanks to the moms who babysat you know back at back at home back at the ranch um, and then you know to, to come and see the changes that had happened in Israel. Like it wasn't the country from 1988 Not the third world and, and just to see the airport, you. man, with the, with the inverted fountain. And right. I could, I could cry tears for missing traveling right now. You know, um, remember when we used to fly places with, uh, with ease? Yeah, it was, that was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, so that was like really amazing. Um, and then, 
you know, a, a job opportunity sort of sort of landed in, in Duvi's, you know, so lab. That was a cool experience. How did how did you guys end it up? So, so how did you guys like end so, up making a decision on, on the front. Right. So I was gonna say so like, you know, we had the thing of like, hi Nala. I love this girl. Yeah, she's the best. Dog. She, she's just you know, hey Nala, messing up my flowers, hey. right Nala? Who knew you'd be part of our Aliyah You're destiny the first dog too? On the podcast. <laughs> um, now Tara's gonna be jealous. Yeah. So um, you know when we when we um, when we were you know coming uh, for for another trip for another bar mitzvah yeah. after Duvi had an opportunity that came up uh, in, a, in a kind of a crazy way um, that you know a job opportunity and it was sort of like. So are we the Zionists? We think we are. Like, right. do we take this chance? It was still a, it was, it was a, you know, a risky-ish chance. Right. Um, but do we, do we go for it? And we had an opportunity to come for a Simcha family, Simcha. And we came and, and one of the things was like, I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to live in Israel, but where? Like, where's my place here? And so like we drove around some of the one, other wonderful places that, you know, would appeal more to Olim with, you know, older kids and whatever. Like we drove around Ranana, we had a friend there. Um, you know, drove around Modi'in, Hashmanaim, and nothing like grabbed us. Um, and then we had had we have friends from Montreal. Shout out to the Novaseller family who had um, who had stayed with us in in San in San Diego um, before they were making Aliyah. They were they were on a vacation, um, and Duvi knows them for years. And so I, I actually think I ran into Carol on that trip. We were going to say hi and see them, but we bumped into her in the old city, and she's like, "Why don't you come for a barbecue?" Um, and it was the last night that we were in Israel on that trip. Wow. And so we're like, you know, we want to check out Efra. We heard that you know they, it's it's a good place, whatever. Um, and so we use that like our kids just thought we were coming to a barbecue, but we we had a little a little tour. And we actually went to the Zayit Ranan Shoal, okay. which it's funny because I it's not my shoal, right. but um, it's so far away. And it's right, it's so far away. It's like a whole it's, straight it, up exactly. <laughs> and it, trust me, in America, I lived in a small community, so there was like one shoal, right. and no matter how far it was, that's that's where you went. And now it's you know we get to be spoiled and uh, pick and choose, and you know, so many. And we get to build, thank God. Um, so we um, we went to stop to Zayit Ranan on our little tour while our, our kids were uh, getting ready for the barbecue, and we got out and we looked at the view of Yerushalayim from from the shoal. Yeah. And I, this was the second nod, like the first one. When, and you know that trip before when we had nodded when we got off the plane, like right. Duvi and I looked at each other and we nodded, like we both had this feeling at that moment that this is where we belonged. Mm-hmm. Now we're not going to change our whole life just based on that. So right. that. And then we backed it up with research about like the community and schools and, you know, talking to a friend who lived there. And then slowly I started to realize, oh, like, you know, this person that I know from America, you know, um, lives there. And like, you know, Daniel Sass's mom was my math teacher growing up and we lived on the same street. So I like I started to reach out to people and um, who I saw in like Shlomo Katz, you know, things like that, um, who are from L.A. also um, and and reach out and, and, and figure out like, you know, and yes, Efrat, we decided Efrat was the place for us. Um, we liked the fact that it felt like um, a, uh, you know, a yeshuv, but it had amenities of a city that it was like in between. It wasn't like, you know, you're going to the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, you know, I wasn't quite ready for was that. There, was there, did the highway go all the way to the tunnels back then? No, okay. so it didn't. So it I have to say better. that feeling. And I actually think that for the last segment of it that opened, you know, like finally connecting like by the, from the mall area to here, that um, we were one of the first cars. It happened to okay. be we were driving back from somewhere yeah. r- that night that the road opened. Wow. And it was it such a... Cr- so 
it was like difference. You know, when you live here, like you, you could you want to say Shekhianu on like driving on a new road. And, you know, my, my kids totally think we're we're nerds and hokey and about those kind of things because you know, we're not ashamed. We get we get emotional all the time about little things like that. Um, and now seeing like just the new tunnel, you know, being yeah. built that's going to make uh, our lives now on that same highway. A brand new tunnel and, and, and a new bridge. And, and, and you know, it's funny, like when yeah. you're in the middle at the beginning of the construction, you're like, it's going to take forever. And you almost can't imagine it's really going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it happens. And, and I think the infrastructure all over Israel has vastly improved in the, in the six and a half years we've yeah. been here. The roads, every time we go north, it's like, you know, They'll say like, "Oh, we're on some new road. It's it's so right? cool, you know." There's that giant tunnel. Yes, by, uh, yes. Um, the, on the that? six or are the one from? Yeah. Yes, Javniel. Yeah. We like. There's a nice falafel man uh, in that so mall there. Really? <laughs> there's like a cool place to stop off. You know, when you're going to what to the north. Favorite things about like about this podcast and about in general like See, talking to building people. and digging yeah it's beautiful <laughs> yeah um, it's like finding these little niche places yes you know yeah I mean? we're t- totally about that. To that so so yeah. one of the things that you know when i said you know here i was i was Wait, i think I, yeah. Question. yeah please please in a frat do you yes. have like a space like that that you like so place, so I, I this is not such a big like chidush, but yeah. um something we've been doing a lot recently yeah. um is uh we just like to walk on the security road by the Zayat forest sure. um we get some hills it's exercise we were we you know before the weather was changing and the clocks changed we would try to go every afternoon um one with the view of the herodian so well, yes yeah. so or you could sort of skip that big hill and go around through the forest right. and then on the security road and then there's more forest we like that it's like you get to do some forest walk and then some road road walk mm-hmm. um but it's just magnificent and you have these like you know these vineyards that are starting that are you know turning gold um you know in the fall and the at that, you know that time of day when the sun hits at the golden hour oh um and you see the herodian and see and you see a fraud and you again. see our neighbors and yeah. you know it, it's it's just it, it's very beautiful yeah. um and we pinch ourselves that like you know we have yeah. that beauty um we we got to know the 100 meters behind our house really well right. during the first lockdown the we were very lucky that um behind us we have a wadi we were neighbors yes Yes, we would get the dogs hi. barking, and yeah. and uh, and we were grateful for that. So that was I had never gone down to the wa- into the wadi yeah. um, before that. Yeah. So you know, one of the things I I try to do with all the uh, challenges of the of Corona is also look for like you know pockets of of good. Yeah. And I would say you know go, doing that whole route there, <laughs> snack time. Nala, um, you know, if she just wants to upstage me, that's all. Um, is uh is is you know finding finding places like that so like going down it, it was such a miracle that like you know we, we've had drought most of the years that we were here but you know even this horrible year last year yeah. you know with all the corona stuff um we had the best rain last year oh, and wow. we actually went up to the to Tveria um my, my father-in-law and my husband both really like to follow the the rain levels uh, you know like the level um generic. it's almost like you can measure blessing when right. you when you see that and it kind of gave me hope yes low low, yes and it gave me hope that like okay this year isn't going to be totally there there's uh, you know there's something higher than us that's saying like there's there's some bracha shefar brachot you know an abundance of blessing and um anyway but like there was a little waterfall behind the house that had hadn't been there you know from what i understand before and like when we couldn't go anywhere to have this little miracle of nature of like you know having you know the wildflowers still and and um, and a waterfall and just to hear a waterfall yeah, like it's one of my favorite the, things in Israel you know right. yeah for sure so do you get the um, pleasure of going up ninety 
and seeing that area as well. Well, there's one way to go to the to, to, to Varia yes. alongside the Jordanian yes, border. Yes, yes, we we so do that. Go through the Bika. Yeah, and and my um my my oldest daughter is um she graduated high school this last wow. year. Okay. <laughs> We're just we're just ignoring her. Um, she graduated high school that year, so we survived uh, a full four years of Israeli high school, which felt like a huge achievement. Right. Um, and she is now in a machina, um, with you know a pre-army preparatory program at um, an Ain Prat, which is in Kfar Adumim. Okay. And right when Corona was starting to hit, there was like a parents orientation, and we went there. And it, you know, I love the view of Ef- in Efrat, like with the vineyards and the and the I call it the zigzag hills with like the terraced hillsides yeah. and everything. And there you go there, and it's the desert like that you think Israel's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I ever saw like the hills were all green right. because of the rain. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I looked out there, and I'm like, oh wow! Like my daughter gets to go to spend a year, you know, learning and and uh, and preparing herself for the army in such an amazing view um and uh and they have a really good pizza place there that you See, know so, all these so go to Mo- moshe pizza in kvara dumim is amazing run by a really nice french french ole um and uh when restaurants open again they have a great patio too it's a good good outdoor place to eat sounds great so yeah so that's great if you go to like um the dead sea on the way back mm-hmm. or um you know they i think they also have a, a grill there in that neighborhood so yeah. it's a whole it's, it's a different you know different area sure. you know yeah and so uh it's nice to see world. yeah and um and let's see just you know all, Wait, all you the yeah front, yeah right I feel like here we have that too, even in our little microcosm. It's so true. It's like you mentioned the trees and, and that little forest. Yes. The yes. And then, like you said, there's the wadi, which is a whole different scene. Totally. It's totally. Like, and, I, you know, I, I like to watch the moon rise over the hills behind my house. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes right we there. see, yeah, right over there. And sometimes we see Jordan, um, the lights of Jordan, you know, and, um, and, you know, and we have Beit Lechem behind our house, you know. When you lived in so, the West Coast, um, were you able to not see really. That far? I couldn't really see Mexico. Yeah. I mean, we lived in San Diego, so it was uh, not that far, and, right, right. And of course, I married a Canadian, so right. you know, it's very exotic. Right. Um, but but, um, but I was close to a border, but not the, the same, yeah. you know. And um, and then here, it's like you know, I have a I have a painting in my house. My um, I have a I had a grandmother who was uh, Israeli, yeah. and um, and she had painted. She got into painting, and she painted. Did a, a th- two two or three pictures of uh, Kever Rachel from a picture that she had um, uh, when she was you know in Pal- from Palestine at the time uh, when she was born and then from later and um, and one it just happened to be because she didn't know I would move to Israel that one picture went to me and one to my brother um, and now we both live in Ephrat and my picture now hangs facing Kever Rachel which is you know Unreal. which is crazy yeah because you know she died before she knew um, that we would that we would come. So so much so, meaning. So, much meaning. It. so it's kind of weird, you know. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Like my first year here, I, I went to Hebron a bunch of times, yeah. um, and I wasn't something that I knew that I would be, you know, so interested right. in. Um, but it's something p- would pull me there. Um, and it's like very and, accessible um, from here as well. It's very accessible from here. I haven't been in a while, but but uh, yeah. but that was cool. And just you know that. I don't take it for granted to be able to like go to the hotel. I mean, I haven't been actually because of Corona. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, we got we got to get over, get back there. Um, and you know, just just navigating now. You know, I'm glad that we are past the the our, you know a lot of our Olim challenges with the new Corona challenge. And I give huge props to the families who are making Aliyah during the pandemic, yeah. um, because I think it's hard to socialize. You know, when if you're being careful about Corona, when you're you know, when you already know people, what do you think? Um, well, what yeah. Do you think? 
Where do you think the differences are between making Aliyah during a war yeah. and making Aliyah during a pandemic? Yeah, so I think about that, you know, um, because we did come during our own, during our own challenging time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there, I, I think with, you know, the corona thing, it's very, you're, you're going very internal, like, you know, inside, internal. Um, and, um, you know, the kids, I, I have, we actually have uh, good friends from La Jolla who made Aliyah now during the pandemic. Wow. Um, and, uh, shout out to the Greens. Um, Greens. And, uh, you know, it's really hard. They have a they have a child who's just starting high school, and it's really hard yeah. to to do school when you don't know Hebrew so well right. and Zoom. You know, because it's hard for kids who do know Hebrew. Right. Um, so I feel like you know, we we one of the things that was great was that we got to do a lot of awesome things. Like going back to what I was saying earlier about wanting to show my kids why we're here. Um, I made a list, and I would keep a list of whenever I see a restaurant or a teul that looked interesting, I'd make a list. And yeah. and on Fridays, my we 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 chose a school at the time that my kids didn't have school. Friday for the first couple of years and we just we did stuff we went out we went whether it's a hike whether it's a museum whether you know we'd hire tour guides with other friends in the first couple of years and like you know make sure that the kids would know why we turned their lives upside down right. um and you know how it was so amazing to link things they're learning in school with where we're so at sort of um, like touring we were touring. Yes, we did. And, and I think that was really, really great. Yeah. Um, that was really helpful. Um, people have the opportunity to do that now. I mean, yeah. we've opened up a little bit more. Yeah, but it's not the same as then where you can't, you know, you can't just, but but I hope I hope that people do take advantage of that because um, I just think there's something about the land here. And, you know, I'm, I'm from California, you know, born and bred, and that was a gorgeous state. Right. Um, and when I drove across America, gorgeous country. But there's something here that I just feel this like very visceral connection to yeah. um with with the land mm-hmm. um and uh you know just being able to go out on a hike especially when we could when you can't for a while and then right. you can it's oh, be, wow. like you know it's like such an amazing an amazing feeling and um and yeah and i think social media you know for all the the challenges and bad parts it really helped with our aliyah because it it lets you crowdsource um it let me join our local facebook oh, groups so which were like connected. a wealth yeah staying connected but like you know just a wealth of information right. about where you get what you do this was before whatsapp was quite as big as it is now we joke a lot um, about the free group on, on yes the podcast. It's, it's really it's, but it, it it's very helpful it's very it's helpful it is yeah i mean daniel did something really amazing daniel says with yes. starting that and also it's it's the idea of like nothing has to go to waste right um one man's trash another man's treasure you know sort of idea um but also the idea that like we're one community and um and yeah. it's nice to help each other out and it's nice it's gratifying when you see something so you know aware of other communities and if they have these I, like we have I also don't know that, right I mean but, to me uh, also like one of the most um, helpful amazing things about Efrat to me it was Alyssa Harbader oh, yes I'm amazing. giving so to me she was like Alyssa still um, sends me text messages. Right, you know she she you know and I give you know I give credit to the to the city for for She's funding always that. Checking in. She's always checking in and just you know the fact that they'd have these tiolim for families for yeah. old, new olim and the the investment in Ulpan for me was really important. Mm-hmm. You know it's hard and humbling to be in your forties and have to. I mean I I grew up religious you know sure. and I went to Jewish day school but my Hebrew was atrocious because I hadn't yeah. been in so many How years. How do you feel about your Hebrew now? Because this is something that Javi yeah. and I bring up all the time with yeah so i'm i'm proud of how and far i've come yeah right right so you know look it, i think it's great I, I think it really would have been hard for my kids and and for us culturally if we wouldn't have come to somewhere like a frat right. um and um I, but i do think one, it inhibits the that, yeah like it's like the perfect balance between um 
there being English and you being able to get done and accomplish what yes. you need. But more than more than enough like Hebrew speakers and and pretty much the life that you want to have in Israel, the experience that you want to have yeah. of of dealing in Hebrew and dealing in the native language. Right. I, I really feel that too. Yeah. I feel like, um, look, you have to put effort into it. Right. It's not going to be like, okay, to, you're total sink or swim if you don't speak Hebrew. So you have to make the effort. That's right. um, I, I remember the first time I went to the Makolet here, I was terrified to speak to the checkout person um, <laughs> because I just it just wasn't rolling off my tongue, even though I had some Hebrew, you right. know. Um, but I, I never, I didn't go to a seminary for the year. I, I didn't, story. you know. When I, was yeah. in, uh, when, I was in, yeah, when I was in yeshiva for the year, I walked up to the butcher and I'd like, I, I asked him, like, you know, I was trying to figure out when he's going to be open. So I'm like, atata puach? He's like, I'm not an apple. Bro. <laughs> right. We all have those like, you know, I think they're called like malapropisms or something where like you mix the word around and, and you know, um, and you're like, oh, I think I just asked for, you and know. If you didn't get enough sleep the night before, forget, forget it. it. You know, I think, you know, you could ask for a duck instead of a faucet or, you know, we my, my kids and I always joke about like chativa, which is like, you know, when you're in the, the middle school, the chativa benoni, and the chavita, which is an omelet. So we have, you know, when they were in middle school, my girls and I would you know tongue-in-cheek be like oh you, you need to go to the omelet now when we know we're going to middle school you know so we tried to like yeah. make it you know uh, some fun in the in all of that um but i think that you know not having to do everything in hebrew right away yeah. um but having a uh, place that you know wasn't just the initial olim's huyot like the, the the what we were entitled to to, to go to Ulpan my first year i went to like three days a week in, in uh, Migdal Oz, they had like a regional Ulpan. And that yeah. was like five hours a day. I hadn't been in school in a really long time. That was hard. Um, but um, but I, but I it helped me a lot. And then, you know, the, the city invested more and said, you know, we'll, we'll do Ulpan La Inyan, which was conversational and only a few hours a week. Right. And I said, you know what, I'm going to push myself because I want to show my kids that I'm trying to, I'm struggling to. Um, and I also don't want to be somebody who will never speak Hebrew. Right. Um, so it's funny. Sometimes I feel like I really get and other times, depending on who's speaking, they could be speaking really fast. And I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. Um, we, we've watched them Hebrew TV. And I'll, you know, I remember watching Shtisol and I would watch it in Hebrew with Hebrew subtitles and, and pause it. I loved Shtisol. Um, and I'd pause it and then I would like read the, you know, subtitles if I had to and look up the words. And like, you know, we used it as like another old pun. Sure. Um, the, the Jerusalem Post insert with the Olim Hebrew is a really good tip, I think, for, for people. Another quick funny so, story. Yeah. Like we're the the Hebrew we've been acclimating, you know, it's been great. Um, but every once in a while, you have these things. Yesterday, two days ago, we switched our cell phone plans. Oh. Long story short, there's instructions that they send to you. Okay, yeah. before you put your SIM card in, do X, Y, and Z. So we go ahead and we do X, Y, and Z. But it never tells us to put our SIM card in. Oh. So knowing that there was a very clear. Uh, warning: Do not put your SIM card in until these right uh, till steps. steps A's, you, you but they never it. mentioned to yeah. put it back in, so we get all worried, and uh, we get on a phone call. All of a sudden, there's some misunderstanding. We're worried: Did we lose our numbers? We switched over from one plan to another. Long story short, it was a simple fact that we were at the point where all we needed to do was put our SIM cards in. <laughs> 
And sometimes that, that's true here, you know, like where it just there's a, some little simple thing, but you just don't know what you that is, that you know. Exactly. But like, yeah. so having someone like Alyssa, where she arranged like a supermarket tour when I first came, you know, that seems like a nothing thing. But having that, like, somebody tell you, like, how does the meat numbers, work, you know, how does that right. work, or what, what's the different cottage cheese, you know, right. those kind of things. Like, I, I remember being in tears when I first made Aliyah because I made muffins and they wouldn't come out of the pan because they didn't have the same Pam spray with the right. flour, and I'm like, I'm never gonna be able to cook and here. Baking, like, uh, baking materials are so yeah. Like the, the, the conversion and trying to figure right. trying to figure out what's what was very hard for but us. But it, it, it's so hard. Yeah. And then when, uh, and then you get to the point where like, oh, you've always, it's always been that way because like you just get used to the yeah. things here and you don't like, you know, I still like when, you know, someone goes to America, we buy stuff more for like generally for creature comforts or if something's cheaper there. But really you could get, you know, everything. I, I'd written a blog post, you know, bring Ziplocs about sure. like, you know, coming here and the things you should right. bring. And some of them are like, Ziplocs, but like other things were like obsolete now. Right now, now, now that's obsolete, that and I'm like, darn it, my article, you know. Yeah. But it's more about like the other things you should bring, like sure. resilience, sense of humor, right. you know, um, those kind of things, which we also really have to bring when we come. Back we, on the subject yeah. of Alyssa, they've expanded Kolkavo to to the Moenstein. Very much so. They've yeah. expanded her office, so she has helped. She has and helped, and they always have volunteers. Yeah, just, she just put something out recently. Um, just all only. Yeah, we've been here eight years, right? We're still getting these messages. Yeah. If you need help uh, understanding your yeah. bills, if there's anything that that you that it's that, so that it's you're unsure of, it's so helpful. And also, like you know, especially with Corona, where yeah. you know you sometimes you know you just don't even know who to ask, or it's overwhelming. And I still have those moments where it's like, you know, so certain things I don't take care of in a timely fashion. It could be like right. a medical thing that I find that to be still like an intimidating, right. you know, intimidating right. area. Um, and sometimes I'm very much in Ola where I'm like, I'm just putting in Google Translate and I'm not even going to try. And other right. times I'm like, I understand it better in the Hebrew now. Right. And I forget sometimes that That's I really do, funny. you know, totally you know, what happens where you put it in the Google Translate, you're like that can't be what this right. means. Right. So, yeah. you know, but now like, and, and I, I feel for the kids, you know, for the years that when they first came and they just had to like sit, you know, and not understand anything. Right. And now like, you know, if I sit in on a zoom and it's in Hebrew mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh God, like. Um, Jessica, but, I want to uh, move on a little sure, bit. Sure, let's do to it. Some of your to some of your writing and and poetry. The specific some specific things. I'm going to work backwards. And, okay. And please just share with me. I feel like this is your writing, Jessica Cooper. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's 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 been very inspiring, and it's just a pleasure to read. Thank you. Um, so you were involved in this project recently called "When We Turned Within," and you just. You guys just put out another volume. There was an original. Yes. Was that? The yes. Was put out um, a few. Mo- I think a few March. months back. I don't remember. Okay, maybe March or April. Yeah, yeah around. Um, it was after Pesach, so I would say maybe right. even May or something. It came out. Um, you know, I had, I had written. Um, I had written a poem really soon after Corona. Um, I mean, now it's become a. a a metaphor like that's very obvious but um as i was telling you before we started like i sort of knew about corona a little early because of a trip i had planned so it was on my mind already a lot um that the idea and, and israel shut down when america was still you know sort of acting like nothing was was going on um and the idea of like us being in arcs you know like our own little noah's arcs yeah and um and I wrote a poem about about that feeling of like, you know, each family being its own arc, especially the idea that we're all taking in, you know, you only take your close family, just like Noah had to like go into Teva with just his people, you know. Um, and uh, I wrote something about that and, and, and another poem over over Pesach. Um, yeah. And uh, right here. yeah. Into so. 
Wonderful. So, so um, I saw that um, you know that uh, a rabbi from New York, Menachem Creditor, and Sarah Tuttlesinger, who's a, a a blogger and stuff, were putting out a an edition of writings about COVID, and so I submitted those, and and um, I was very honored that they included them in this anthology. And it's from people from all different backgrounds and uh, talking about um, mostly from a Jewish per- perspective, but their experiences. Um, you know, during COVID-19. Um, and I think it helps to read about other people's struggles or or even finding good things um, during this time when we are so much more isolated than we've ever been. Right. Um, and uh, and I find that, that, you know, art and writing and words is a, is a way to cope, you know, with, with this sort of thing. Um, it's also nice because the book, I don't make it, it's a fundraiser for um, the New York Federation. And I'm like, well, I'm not a New Yorker, I'm an Israeli. But like, I think especially in this time, helping different people, people who aren't us, right. you know, who are us, but aren't, you know, like right. um, helping, just just helping anywhere we can of people who are struggling, whether it's financially, emotionally. Um, so it just, it feels good to be a part of any project that that helps people and, um, and also promotes, you know, I, I think the arts are getting hit really hard in some way during sure. during Corona because of there's no exhibitions, we're not having concerts, right. we're not having movies, um, but a book we can we can still have. For sure. So uh, and my mom's proud, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, so that was really that was really gratifying. So, uh, t- another another project you were involved with, you were just showing to me uh, like right before we got on. Yeah. What, what can maybe so that was cool. That Here, sure. Let me see. Um, so one of those poems, ones that that's included in that anthology, yeah. um, there's a wonderful artist who might actually. I actually met her on an Efrat Olim tour. Right. Um, there was an Olim, Olim tour to explore some um, women artists, and Alyssa had arranged this trip, and um, we went to the Tijo house um, and learned about Anna Tijo's art, and then we went to this woman, Andy Arnovitz's house, mm-hmm. and I thought she was really inspiring. She does this really amazing um, conceptual art um, and uh, about different things of her, her, you know, about Judaism and being a woman and all these things, um, and I loved it, and uh, I actually... I don't mean to embarrass her, but I, I was so inspired by what she did. I wrote a poem about her oh, wow. um, that I didn't think would go anywhere, but I sent it to Alyssa as like a thank you about my experience of like experiencing her art. And so she sent it That's to the artist. Needed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I connected with this, this artist yeah. who I just really just went to her house as part of this tour. Right. Um, and now we were friends on Facebook and she, she read one of the, my poem that I had posted just on my, my Facebook feed. And she asked if she could turn it into an artist book. Um, and you know, it, it's, uh, it's really, it's really beautiful. Um, Oh, where did it go? I, it's beautiful, but I lost it. Um, and uh, you know, it's a, it's it's it was that's really an honor to have her make um, art out of my my poem. And uh, here, maybe, I don't know if I'm here. You can pull it out for me. Actually, here I have one. I have one. Um, it's really beautiful, and um, it, I think it, it was just it was nice to see that something I wrote could help trigger somebody else to make art out of it. Here, I'll let you read the. Uh, be the Vanna White, <laughs> right? Um, and it's my poem called "In This Strange Springtime," um, and it's it's really beautiful to see those beautiful watercolor pictures. Um, and uh, Andy 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 sells those. Um, it was like a limited edition, um, and uh, I'm happy that I have that souvenir for myself um, of this of this time. So that was that was cool. And now it was actually interesting. I got a message, sorry, from someone whom I haven't met, who's like, "Oh, I read your poem from." Andy. Andy and I want to do something a music 
article piece about it. Wow. So we'll see if, if something comes of that. Somebody from LA who might have never yeah. met before. Um, so it's cool when like art triggers other art and then and, it triggers and other art. These other people are getting and, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, once upon a time, you know, I was a lawyer, so it's kind of nice. Yeah. Really. I, I like, I, I feel gratified if I can explore my creative, uh, creative side, mm-hmm. um, which reminds me about a, a project that I'm, when working on a little bit for um, for Efrat's kids um, during the first lockdown, um, you know, I was seeing from my own kids about the, you know these feelings of like you know confusion, isolation, being out of school, um, and I believe in the power of writing to be able to help cope with feelings. Um, I actually. During, during the first lockdown, I was trying to think of stuff to do with, you know, to my kids. And um, I t- asked my, my youngest, yeah. I said, write a letter to yourself as a grown-up. Oh, wow. Uh, no, sorry. No, sorry. I write a letter to your kids. Sorry. Write a letter to your kids, your future kids, about what it's what you're going through right now. Like, what it's going to be, what it's like. Um and it was so beautiful what he wrote. I mean, he was 11 years old um, and just explaining what is Corona yeah. and what it feels like. And that was really cool. And that sort of gave me the idea of saying like, you know, more more kids need to write. So I canvassed some friends and I asked their, you know, if their kids want to write something for for an Efrat newsletter. So I called it the Efrat Insider because um, it's inside information because we were all inside at the time. Um, and uh, and it was, it was really g- cool to see like what some kids came up with and how they were expressing their their feelings about you know what it was like to have to do school on zoom or you know miss a party or whatever and I had all great intentions to do another one right away and then we opened up and my son was getting married and I never got to put out another edition I had a couple pieces but now with second lockdown just you know easing up I'm finally getting that together and I it's some some great pieces about um you know one boy who had a a corona bar mitzvah another boy who made his parents a restaurant and here's a recipe um a girl who you know is dealing with corona and also lost her grandfather this year and um and it's there's like it's painful it's not like it's all like oh you know rainbow sunshine for the kids and I you know I don't want to like make it too sad or depressing you know for other kids but I think for them to see other kids are going through the same things you know we're talking about ten-year-olds, uh, eleven-year-olds, sure. uh, up to about thirteen. Um, and I even asked one of my friends, who's an English teacher here in Efrad, who made Aliyah also, if she would write something so kids could see what it's like for teachers. You know, um, I don't think I, I think they're they're struggling so much. And right. you know, when we're on the parent side of things, and we're just so frustrated by when the Zoom's not going well, and our kids aren't aren't learning like we want them to, um, to take a moment to stop and say, "Oh my gosh, look what these teachers have had to pivot. They weren't trained to teach this way. Um, none of us are trained." That's right. None of us were trained for pandemic. Um, so, uh, so anyway, I hope that'll be out soon. So and that, when, when um, you put this out, you put it out digitally. And- so, so I put it out digitally the first time and I, I, I messaged it to Alyssa yeah. now th- and this time now she reached out to me. She's like, were you the one who did that newsletter? So, um, I think she's going to help distribute it. And, and she's really supportive of that. Um, and I think she shared it with some other cities in Israel to, mm-hmm. to give ideas that, um, of something people could, could do. Um, we also have like, you know, word search and some jokes from the kids. So right. it's not all, all heavy, you know, heavy right. stuff. One kid's writing about um, when they lived abroad, you know, in Singapore. So it's like, you know, um, last time uh, my son wrote a little science piece on what's a pangolin because right when Corona came out, it was like, where did it come from? And maybe it came from this weird animal, the pangolin. So it's like, you know, trying to, trying to teach something, trying to, and we can learn so much from our, I think our kids, um, sure. in this, you know, in this situation, how they're handling stuff. Um, and it's hard cause I, you know, I want to model resilience for my kids and 
it's hard to be resilient all the time when uh, when it's sometimes sad and depressing and isolating. Um, and you're just like, when, you know, I think we're all having a little Corona fatigue with the second, the second lockdown where the first one, it was like, we're all in this together. Right. And, and then, you know, I don't have to tell you things, uh, things didn't, didn't go so well. Um, and things we don't know things are looking up and you know what, it could be up and down. Um, you know, we just yeah. want to get through with our health, with, uh, these things help, though, you know, you know, I think the, so. The, the podcast, you know, yeah. podcasts and videos and, yeah. and, uh, human interactions where we can. I mean, I'm grateful now numbers are down and we could be a little more, a little more open. Right. Um, and, uh, but you know, it's, we're, we're, we're slogging through. Sometimes I feel like we're doing great. Right. And sometimes I feel like we're, you know, not as much. Congratulations, um, you're human. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And I and I think it's important to not you know acknowledge that. I mean, one of my one of my kids was st- struggling with school, um, and you know just needs more more teacher teaching and not like just like oh here's a little video now do the assignment. Um, and I was just like you know what it's okay if you're not doing your best you know or like you know and, and you don't do everything because we're just we're gonna get through we're gonna get by or get through try to like you know not get too behind on anything that it will you know affect you too much later um but telling them that it's okay because life isn't normal and acknowledging that even our new normal isn't normal um and i'm just grateful that we're here for corona even with israel's mistakes and mess ups and whatever um i, I it felt good to know like that i knew within a frat that like first of all, I think Efrat has handled the pandemic really well. Um, I think the updates, the staying on top of things, the feeling that we're together, sending out packages to families, and and having music come through, like those little things matter. And setting up these, they had um, yeah these little groups of of um, tasks like a task force for each yes, neighborhood for each neighborhood. You know, so again, yeah, help out anyone who needed help and. And also they, they, they did tracking on their own. Ms. Yes. Brute yes. Their own tracking, but it could be a little overwhelming, I guess. Totally. X amount of uh, numbers of sick people and they did their own tracking. As yes. Well, which was probably very helpful. I really appreciated that. Yeah, like I, I really did. I stuck in my house. Uh, yes. For, uh, no, yeah. No, no. But, but it, it, it was very, it was very helpful. And, yeah. and I'm sure that made a big difference. Um, I think it did. I think, you know, we contained things that were going really, you know, getting out of control and it helped contain them. Um, Jessica's not just saying this, her husband's uh, <laughs> a, a lung doctor well yeah. and, and uh, uh, knowledgeable. Lung he, he is. And, and an ICU Obstitute. doctor who, who yeah. treats uh, Corona patients. Yeah. So uh, he okay. and he has a degree in epidemiology, the study of right. the spread of disease and stuff. So, um, so you know, we're running out of time. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would just love if you could leave us with some Efrat-centric words, <sighs> picture for us. No, no pressure. Just maybe a few yeah. more words about, yeah. about our wonderful town and um, I really, I just really feel so blessed that this is where we ended up. Um, I never have any like regrets about it. And I'm the type where when I love something, I'm a cheerleader for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and with Efrat, I do that wholeheartedly. I really think it's a special place. I mean, I think there's a lot of amazing communities in Israel. Um, and this is, but this is my community. Right. Um, and I think the mix of people I say is like really interesting as you know, cause now you interview a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, it's people like, you know, it's, I feel like it's not judgy, but people, a lot of people are like, you know, you know, searching for things spiritually. Sure. Um, but they're also like really fun. Um, like our block party that, you right. know, in, in, in different times we get to have here. Yeah. And if, um, there's a lot of uh, community spirit can do 
sharing. Um, and, uh, and like I said, it's, it, I also appreciate that we, we have amenities of like a city, but we still feel like we're in a small town in a, in a certain way. I'm sometimes surprised like when I don't know people, because of course I don't, it's 10, 11,000, 12,000 people, but it, cause it feels so homey, you know, and especially in the Anglo community and you're, yeah. you know, you see people on Facebook. Um, and I, I'm just amazed at the collection of really cool, awesome people that live in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and when you're stuck in a hundred meters or 500 meters, you want to be with your peeps, you know, sure. um, and and the privilege of seeing Efrat grow. You know, like my kids, and we don't want it to grow too big. Because on one hand, you guys moved you know, here. The hill I live on was wasn't existent. Was it was there. So it, it may, maybe it had just started working on it. Totally, it was. I mean, I I, yeah. I always say that because we like when we have people over, we go on our patio and show like you know what's the. You know what? What what has changed in, yeah. since we've been here, um, and and the privilege of seeing the growth of uh, of the land of Israel, um, yeah. but um, but I think you know it's also it's just also fun. It's people who who like enjoy life, who um, who help each other out. Conscious people too. Yeah, yeah. People running, people right. exercising. I used to work on Motzi Shabbat, um, and once like I started going out on Motzi Shabbat. It's incredible the amount of people. It's crazy. Out at night, right? I actually really value that. I yeah. actually, I'm, I'm a walker. I'm not a runner, yeah. but I like it. But I, I did something crazy. Like I, for a while, I was a Zumba teacher, which right. was like so out of my, you know, yeah. like something I ever thought I would do. But like I said, in Israel, you could do anything. Sure. So I've been a lawyer. I've been a Zumba teacher, you know, and yeah. a writer, everything in between. Um, but I, I just feel like you, you have, a, you know, having the support system of, uh, you know, of Efrat, like, I, I feel like we go above and beyond. Like, I'm not satisfied when we're like, oh, we do the minimum, Misrata, Briyut. Like, I feel like in general, we're a place that does more and goes above and beyond. And that's like, you know, something I appreciate here. Like, you know, we want to we wanna do the most. We want to help each other the most. Um, and I'm. it's nice to be surrounded by people who inspire you, who take care of you in, in, a, in a tough situation yeah. and um, and who celebrate with you. Whether it's, you know, socially distant on Zoom or, you know, when we're allowed to have big smachot, that, that there's like, it's almost a challenge because there's so many great people here and you want to be friends with so many of them. And right. it's just impossible to hold everybody right. and, and be that close to so many people. I actually struggled with that a little when we yeah. made Aliyah because I... I really like that person. I do. And I would love to just hang yeah. out with that person. And now with, with Corona, like you see somebody on a walk and you're like... Uh, you know, because yeah. there's like so, there are just so many wonderful people. I think people get people. it. I think, yeah. I think people do get it. Um, and, uh, you know, we should all always have the blessing that there are too many wonderful people around us that we want to spend time with um, and that we, we have ra helping raise our children because Efrat really, I mean, I think it's an Israel thing, but also like they say the business of the Gush is, is kids. Um, that we're all, you know, the community raising our kids together out in the streets. Uh, like I said, you know, good times, bad times. It's all. Look, I it's a blessing. Just gotta thank you so much for giving me. Thank all you for time. having me. Really it was a it was a fun thing for our Wednesday morning. We didn't even get rain done. That's right. I I, I know we're supposed to daven for rain, yeah. but I can we daven for it like at like in the middle of the night right. because we want right. our After kids to out go to sleep, socialize outdoors, and also before they go out to the bus. Yeah, before they go out to the bus, and, and maybe um, while they're in school, that's okay too. And while they're in school, yeah, fine. I think that's good. But like we, you know, we need our teens to be able to hang out um, so outdoors. Please, Hashem, we we will take it whenever. But you know, I, I we appreciate your your mercies in uh, in a in a challenging time. So, if you like this podcast, <laughs> please subscribe. Link to the links below and share and all those wonderful things. If you liked hearing the wonderful painted paintings of words that Jessica has 
to offer, please check out her blog on Times of Israel and all the many other places. Just Google me. Uh, Google her. <laughs> um, if you're interested in, in this project and pr possibly purchasing one of these beautiful little booklets with poetry and art, we'll, yeah. we'll either put a link below sure. or share it on uh, Jessica's own great. Uh, social uh, situations. And thank you so much for joining us. We really, really enjoy doing these things. Thank you again for your time. Thank you for having me, Hershey. You're awesome. And uh, bye to all the humans of Ifrat and beyond. <laughs>